Good evening, Boston. Welcome to BNN News. I'm Faith Mafedon. Thanks for tuning in. Every year, the Chinese community of Boston celebrates the August moon, a holiday that brings joy to Boston's Chinatown. Chinatown was the place to be on Sunday at the August Moon Festival, an annual Chinese holiday that celebrates joy, health, and the upcoming fall season. Each year, the Chinese Consolidated Benevolent Association of New England organizes a full day of events to commemorate the holiday. August Moon is a very important festival in China. So um, today is the event happened in Chinatown. So before this, uh, festival, it means a family getting together. Uh, I hope many many people from different culture can touch and understand the culture of this uh, uh, festival. Attendees enjoyed a variety of Asian folk dance, lion dancing, Chinese opera, and dozens of vendors offering traditional Chinese food, gifts, and souvenirs. I think it's so important to be able to showcase other sort of the unique nature of all of the different cultures because I think every culture has something amazing to offer um, and I think the more people are exposed to the differences um, the more one can appreciate uh, humanity. The honoring of August Moon is not just about the celebration of Chinese culture but respect for all cultures. The importance of having an event like the August Moon Festival or any of the other ethnic uh, festivals or celebrations is so important because it shows the fabric of this country. And the fabric of this country is multifaceted. And so this is a great day with people down here in Chinatown showing us their lifestyle. And that diversity is something that I am proud of, they are proud of, and it just makes us strong as a nation. When people know each other and understand each other, they kind of can, then they can be, I think they can be uh, more friendly to each other because they understand each other once you know their background. The festival allowed Bostonians to experience Chinese traditions and appreciate the different ways we celebrate the beginning of fall. It is so important to have festivals like this. I think it is just an opportunity to really understand, you know, people better. I think we're in the climate that we're in in 2023. There's just a lot we can learn from our differences and, the, you know, the things that make us the same as well. The children of Boston are free to run, jump and play at the new Walnut Park Playground in Roxbury. Look right here, everybody. Look right here. On Wednesday, Mayor Michelle Wu welcomed the brand new Walnut Park Playground in Roxbury, which will provide a safe and exciting meeting place for young people throughout the neighborhood. We want to make sure that as the summers get hotter, as kids need spaces to play, that we're giving them the very best and um, the installation of all the new features, the water features, shade, and making sure people can use this even on hot, hot days as, as we're experiencing is really, really important. The park's renovation feeds the need for quality spaces for children to play, run, and have fun without exposure to elements that are not suitable for them. So it's great that this new park is here. The kids have a clean park, no needles, no, no alcohol bottles, so that they can have fun and socialize and enjoy each other's company and get to play freely and not worry about anything negative. Neighborhood parks provide more than a place to play. They offer community spaces where young people can interact with each other and engage with their surroundings. Playgrounds of this type are very important. They're safe, they're colorful, they're attractive, and it gives kids an opportunity to get out, enjoy themselves, 
get to know each other, learn each other, especially their neighbors. It's important that you know who your neighbors are and what better way could you do that by learning and finding your friends in the playground. When kids are out of school for the summer, they don't have those same connections that they have every day. So being able to get outside and have a place where they feel safe, where they can meet up with friends, colleagues, other adults and see people and gather and have an experience with all this free equipment outside that they can play with and enjoy in the park. It's really important that we keep them clean and keep them welcomed for everyone to come together. And the new park already has rave reviews. I like this park because um, it's really fun to play with, um, to, to be at after school, and yeah, I like it. From Roxbury, this is Faith Mathedon for BNN News. Earlier this summer, Mayor Michelle Wu introduced Swim Safe, a program that offers free swimming lessons at a variety of public pools throughout Boston. It's a part of Mayor Wu's Connect, Learn and Explore, Boston's commitment to youth, an initiative that aims to build a family-friendly Boston where kids have the resources they need to thrive. Now, the city has announced the Swim Safe program will continue serving Boston year-round. The city of Boston has decided to invest $250,000 to expanding the programming and is now looking for partner organizations. If your nonprofit organization would like to be involved in Swim Safe, applications are open now until 4 p.m. on Friday, September 15, 2023. Boston is known around the world for cutting-edge technology and life sciences. And Roxbury Community College is exposing young people to these industries with hands-on training through their STEM experience program. Check out what they learned this summer. Today we're going to see uh, the skills that nursing students would practice in the skills lab. And then we're going to go to the simulation lab and look at the mannequins. Last Wednesday, local high school students got some real medical training as part of Roxbury Community College's summer STEM program. For five weeks, from July through August, a cohort of 30 students joined RCC support staff and professors as they dove into various scientific fields. There's robotics, drones, 3D printing, all of those things aren't in a normal high school. Those are very expensive and the fact that we get to be a part of this for free and even get paid on top of it. If we learn something new here and we genuinely enjoy it and genuinely feel a passion for it, we can take that, what we learned, and lead it into college. The program is paid, so students don't need to choose between passion and compensation. Instead, they're able to focus on learning and fun. Each week, they attend workshops and visit educational institutions like New England Aquarium and the Museum of Science. A program like this is really good for all these teenagers to have access to. They get to take a range of different science courses with biology, physics, robotics, range of stuff to kind of get exposure to things, try them out, uh, often taking classes with professors at the community college, doing labs, doing activities. I'm um, having a good mix of stuff that's fun and also more serious lessons and labs um, to help get an idea of what they might want to do in the future if they go to college. Students trained with Harvard Medical School and Massachusetts General Hospital nurse and clinical instructor Carrie O'Regan. Working with real medical equipment and training dummies, students learned about vital signs and how they're measured in a hands-on simulation lab. They learned how to use blood pressure monitors, stethoscopes, and EKG machines, all tools that working health professionals utilize every day. 
STEM is important for everyone. The fact that these students can get it as young as they did is amazing. You know, I feel like adults would love to get into STEM programs, but the fact that teenagers um, can get into STEM and learning about how sciences will help direct the rest of their life, even if they just learn a little bit now and don't go into STEM, they'll be familiar with it. Maybe they'll talk about it. Maybe they'll talk to their fellow students about it. It gets everyone interested. A collaboration with the City of Boston and the Nubian Square Life Science Training Center, RCC's STEM program seeks to make life science jobs more accessible in a city known for scientific innovation and higher education. RCC is sparking their interest in STEM careers, which they may have never envisioned for themselves, but can be leaders in. The Roxbury community is historically underserved. The fact that these students live in the community, will come back and work in the community, serve the community, helps everyone in the community so they help their siblings, their grandparents, their parents, the entire Roxbury community. For Boston, a city famous for its abundance of top universities and colleges, access to higher education should not be beyond reach. That's why the Healy Driscoll administration has launched the Mass Reconnect Scholarship Program, a $20 million effort to support residents 25 years and older with associate degrees and certificates at no cost. Mass Reconnect will fund community college certificates and degrees, including all costs related to tuition fees, books, and supplies. Notably, Mass Reconnect will cover the expected family contribution calculated in the FAFSA, ensuring full access to public community colleges. Through this program, the Healy, or excuse me, Governor Healy aims to make the Commonwealth of Massachusetts a place where higher education is equitable for all. Inspired by his improbable journey from the streets of Florida to the Ivy League, Tavares Brewington, a Forbes Next 1000 entrepreneur and innovator, founded Street to Ivy to help unlock the entrepreneurial promise for those who've been disproportionately impacted by systemic inequities, but whose faith and drive enabled them to see beyond their current circumstances and put in the work to become the next innovators. Brewington discusses the importance of instilling young people with entrepreneurs entrepreneurial skills and provides a closer look at the programming of Street to Ivy. Here's our conversation. I'd love to talk more about the uh, entrepreneurship real estate youth program that we saw. Uh, what was so incredible was watching the command of the students, um, especially when they talked about the properties and the investment opportunities and the fact that they have such command at such young an age was just mind-blowing. Uh, can you speak to the benefit of learning financial literacy and entrepreneurship skills as high school students? Yeah, we think it's important to give young people an opportunity to learn these skills early on. One, as a practical matter, they have a, um, more of a chance to utilize them and have an impact on their personal lives, their families, and their communities. But also what's important is to give them opportunity to realize that they actually can learn this information and be confident in utilizing it and working with it. And so that's why it's important for us to get them in early, make sure that they understand the information and that you know, they believe in themselves around what they can do with that information. Hmm. Real estate development is uh, rapidly transforming Boston, especially economically for those who have that tool toolkit. How can underserved communities use real estate to build generational wealth? 
Yeah, I think um, a real estate investment throughout the uh, you know throughout history has been a really um, unique and effective um, investment vehicle. Um, but a lot of communities have been um, they haven't had access to it. And so what we really want to do is give people who who wouldn't traditionally have access to um, the investment opportunities there um, those chances, right? And, and starting by one, identifying for them the opportunities, giving them the information about the investment opportunity and what it really means, and then putting them in contact with people who can help them take advantage of those things. Mm. The Real Estate Entrepreneurship Youth Program, it's a collaboration uh, between Street 2 Ivy and Fallon Company. Yeah. It's currently in its third year, but it's only one of the several programs offered by Street 2 Ivy. Would you mind sharing some of the other programs that you offer? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we run a number of programs. The real estate program for youth is one. We actually work with Related Bill here in Boston to run a real estate program for um, individuals who are 18 plus and really you know, doing a survey of commercial real estate mm -hmm. and showing people where the entryways are to that, um, to that industry. And we are, we, we've done two years of that program. We also have a traditional entrepreneurship program where we've worked with Babson College and other organizations here in Boston to teach young people about design thinking. How do you ideate around a problem and come up with a solution and then ultimately you know, perfect that solution through customer feedback and, and market it? And we do that because, again, we think that in, in today's environment, as the world becomes more competitive, more global, our young people need to know how to compete in, in, in a complex you know, economic environment. Mm -hmm. And entrepreneurship is one of those ways. And so we want to make sure that we're doing all we can to offer young people those opportunities. Wonderful. And what's next for Street 2 Ivy? What other projects are you working on? Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to announce that we opened a brick and mortar in the seaport. And that place, we call it our education center. We have a media room. We have places where young people can come and work. But um, what's really exciting is with our young people, it's going to be a pop-up store. And so as, we, as our young people go through our programming around entrepreneurship um, and they create a product that they want to sell, we will give them access to the seaport by being able to offer this pop-up store year-round and really invite the community to come in and support a young person who's believing in themselves and, and, and really embracing the, uh, you know, the education around entrepreneurship. Mm, that's incredible. And how can our viewers learn more about Street 2 IV support and get involved? Yeah, we're always looking for new partners. We always want to work with folks who are doing similar things in the community. You can find us at www.streettoivy.com. Um, you'll see all of our contact information. We're looking for partners, funding opportunities, anything that um, can help us move the mission forward. The Possible Zone is a nonprofit organization that supports high school students with unlimited talent, but less access to opportunities and business, uh, and business building experiences. They've served over a thousand students in the greater Boston area and have a bold vision for the future of education and career readiness. Driven by a passion for youth development, rooted in research and data, and informed by their history of serving students in Boston and Cambridge, 
we invited Sean Hargrove, a fashion designer and TPZ alum, to the studio to discuss the mission of the Possible Zone and how young people can develop the entrepreneurial spirit, skills, and networks to launch successful careers. Enjoy the interview. For our viewers who may be unfamiliar, what is the Possible Zone and how did you first get involved? Uh, so the Possible Zone is a program that essentially like gives students the tools and knowledge that they need to like uh, be entrepreneurs one day. So uh, I first got involved in high school when I was going to City on the Hill um, before I transferred to Boston Arts Academy. And uh, so they came there, they like did a short interview of the what their business was and stuff, and I was like instantly hooked. I was like, ooh, I wanna do that. So I signed up and then, um, yeah, I, it was in Cambridge at that time. So I had to troop from Dudley all the way to Cambridge after school every day, but it was worth it, so. I love that. And it's definitely fueled by a lot of passionate young people mm -hmm. uh, who are serious about their future. Uh, what types of services and programs are offered at TPC and who is it for? Uh, so a lot, I guess the service is largely like towards the community. They're really trying to uh, get the community involved more now. So um, using a lot, the space is crazy it, on Heath Street, 31 Heath Street, the building, the space is crazy. So they're opening it up to the community, different members now to also come and share and use the space. But a lot of the services are built around really helping high school students uh, after school to have a space to come and uh, absorb this knowledge and really like teach them how to be entre entrepreneurs one day, which is really cool. So. Hmm. Yeah. And the Possible Zone has evolved since its beginnings in 2009. Uh, what changes have you seen uh, since your time as a student entrepreneur to your current role as a assistant educator and makerspace expert? Yeah, so a lot of changes, right? So, um, so one, the makerspace used to be separated from the like teaching space at the Possible Zone. So we used to have to leave the building to go to another building for the makerspace. So we had like set of days where we had class at one building, then go to the other building for makerspace. Now it's all like compacted into this one building. So there's classrooms and there's like the fab lab, which is crazy. There's a bunch of technology and stuff down there. A uh, bunch of, so that's one big change. Like everything's in-house now. There's no like having to go to a bunch of different places. And the class structure is a little different now. So back when I was first in the possible zone, when I was in high school, it was also called the Possible Project back then, so that's a change as well. But um, it was way more like Shark Tank focused, so it's kind of like we come in, uh, you eventually like have your business idea, you learn how to pitch that idea, and then you finally pitched it, and you like earn uh, money for your business essentially. Mm -hmm. So way more like Shark Tank based, but now it's like a little more class structure, like teaching the students the skills and the knowledge that they need, and then the business side comes in a little more uh, later. Mm. Yeah. And I know there's a, a summer program that's going on right now. Mm -hmm. What does a typical day look like for the average participant? So the summer, the summer classes are pretty busy. So I believe um, uh, students come in in the morning and there's a class in the morning and there's a class in the afternoon. So uh, I'm more involved in the afternoon classes right now because so, those are more like makerspace involved. So early in the summer, for example, we had crazy classes where uh, Converse was actually coming in. So there's two different sessions. There was the shoe customizing session. So Converse came in, they were teaching shoes, teaching the students like how to customize their own shoe, but uh, also giving them the knowledge behind like how they run their TikTok, how they do the, the all the business and fashion related things that they do to get their shoes out there. Hmm. So like giving the students that knowledge at like such a young age was really cool. But then they actually got to like physically create their own like and customize their own Converse, which was really sick. They also got to go to the C4 makerspace and like see samples and stuff like that. So that was cool. And then the second half of it was more uh, clothes and apparel based. So the Converse taught the students how they go about um, 
coming up with like apparel designs and putting together their launches for clothes and things like that. So students all got together and got to customize their own t-shirts in that class. So it's really cool. The The classes are really hands-on, really innovative. Right now, the class is focused on apparel and like uh, meshing that with technology. And students have been really liking this class. I think even a little bit more than the Converse class, which is kind of surprising. So mm, Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've mentioned the makerspace a few times. Can yeah. you share a little bit more about what it is, what it's like, um, how how the students engage with it? The makerspace is definitely my favorite place in the whole like building because uh, there's like so many options, so many things to do. There's like a wood making lab, there's like 3D printers, there's laser cutters, there's the DTG, which definitely a student favorite, the director garment printer. So like any design or anything you could imagine printing on a shirt, you can do in like minutes with the DTG. So it's um, a really cool space. Uh, students have access to it with classes. They can also like schedule uh, studio time on Fridays, I believe. Um, we even have different like coworkers and uh, stuff who also come down and utilize the makerspace. So there's endless opportunities. Like there's so many different things down there that you can tinker with and like come up with different things to work on. So the makerspace is really amazing. Like the best way to like understand it is to like somehow schedule a tour at the fossil zone and come down and check it out and just see it in action because it's pretty cool i might have to check that out yeah. <laughs> uh, so what's really great the possible zone is right here in roxbury very close to mm-hmm. jackson square station uh can you talk about why is it important to teach young people entrepreneurship skills um, particularly young people of color for me personally i feel like it gives especially if you come from like the backgrounds i come from like uh like neighborhoods that don't always have the best opportunities and stuff for uh, youth. It, it really like teaching uh, people like me, the, like the kind of things the Possible Zone is teaching, just showing you a different outlet and different things that you can do. Like if college was never in your uh, mindset, like if you know personally, like that's not a route that you see yourself partaking in, like seeing how you can be an entrepreneur so young and seeing like the possibilities that are out there and really grasping that really opened up a door for me and showed me that like, college wasn't the only route that I had to take in order to live like a successful and fulfilling life, so. Mm. Um, and what's really great is that a lot of the students, they, they go on, they have really wonderful creative careers. Uh, some like yourself come back to, to help the next generation. How has your time as a Possible Zone Fellow shaped you and your career? Um, definitely being a fellow, the, the biggest part was like, Cause for me, I've always been creative first, so I've always like been driven by like the des- designs I wanted to make or the ideas that I had, which can sometimes like hold back the business as- aspect of uh, being an entrepreneur. So like being a fellow really uh, opened up doors for me to talk to the right people to help me like shape the business side of my brand. But aside from that, being a mentor and giving back has really been fulfilling for me, because that's also like as a young person what helped me get to where I am was having mentorship and having like other people to help guide me and stay on the right paths. So like being a mentor for a bunch of young people like coming in, seeing them smile, like seeing them like actively looking forward to seeing you every day is is really cool too. So plus I have like three little sisters at home. So so I'm used to the the, like the kind of like the mentorship and like being the one that, you know, you got to set a good example type thing. So yeah, and you're you're setting a great example for them. Uh, so your brand, uh, your business, uh, Dorsey Atelier is your fashion line. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you share the inspiration behind it and yeah. how um, 
the possible zone prepared you for some of the challenges that you've you faced as an entrepreneur? Yeah, so um, Dorsey Atelier was definitely the biggest inspiration is my mom, actually. So Dorsey being my mom's first name, uh, she was like the first person to ever like push me in my artistic endeavors and like see that I had an interest for art, like from hanging up drawings of my like box cars and stuff on the fridge and like seeing uh, that I really like fashion. So showing me like different artists and stuff to like look up to their fashion and help shape my wardrobe. So my mom's definitely the big inspiration behind my brand and kind of like paying an homage to her and like leaving a legacy uh, behind for her. So uh, yeah, that's the big inspiration behind my brand. And uh, the challenges that the Possible Zones helped me with, like I said earlier, definitely the business side. Cause I'm always creative first, creative first. Like uh, I want to design for this or I want to like invoke these emotions or these feelings or like I want to do this crazy project that might take forever. So um, really honing that in holding that artistic like creativity in a little bit and uh paying attention to the business and like <laughs> what comes first like what do we have the time to do and like what orders i have to get out and um just like like uh, speaking with you earlier like paying attention to dates and things of importance like all those different factors that go into running a business those are the challenges that they really help me to like be able to face now and what are you most proud of of the work that's happening at uh, the possible zone Definitely how they're giving back to the community now. So like, um, like I said, when I was younger, they were in Cambridge, but now that they're stationed like in the middle of Roxbury, the way that they're giving back to the community and not just like moving in and like this is our headquarters now and uh, everybody else is closed out. Like they're inviting people in to use the space. So mm -hmm. I'm really proud of that, that they're not uh, gatekeeping. They're really like opening up their space for other people to come and take a part of. So that's cool. Awesome. And what's yeah. next on the horizon for the possible zone? Uh, for the possible zone, um, I believe they just want to continue to uh, get more students in the doors, um, showing more student, more students the opportunities and stuff that they can have uh, in a program like the possible zone, and teaching uh, more young people to be entrepreneurs and uh, kind of like self leaders. So I think that's really the focus right now is just getting more students in the doors and like really uh, allow, making sure that they take advantage of the program. Thank you for tuning in, Boston. That's our broadcast for tonight. We leave you now with a snippet from artist Conscious Wisdom, who is the featured performer at Activating Art, a movement and social justice programming. The series, organized by spoken word artist Amanda Shea, started yesterday and will continue for the next three consecutive Thursdays at the Civic Pavilion at Boston City Hall, before concluding with a festival on September 10th. Topics throughout the series will include reproductive justice, free speech, reparations, and more. For additional details, boston.gov forward slash calendar forward slash activating dash art. For BNN News, I'm Faith Mathedon, and I'll see you next Friday. It's no regrets, and we check, you was passing with A's, but I'm still outside trying to master these grades, because you can't spell right without I or Dre, so what's up? Tell me who Dre is, yeah, that's what I'm saying.